Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of sports, DFS, and gambling. With over five years of hot takes and millions of downloads later, I guess he's been doing something right. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. We have the West to break down for the NCAA uh, bracket this year. And realistically, how the West is going to be won pretty much comes down to who can rebound. Because we've got a number of teams that can uh, get up and down the court. The question is, can they be efficient enough on offense to uh, seal the deal? Because we've got an overall number one seed that's not actually statistically the top-ranked team in their own region. Kansas is the one seed in the West, but I'll give you a hint as to who the overall uh, overall highest-rated team from uh, Ken Palm rankings is. And they play in the Northeast. It's UConn. UConn is actually uh, the highest-ranked team, according to Kempom, in the West region. UConn has a four-seed, technically profiles better than the one-seed in Kansas. Now, Kansas is the defending champion, and they got the defending champion buff, if you will. But from a profile standpoint, uh, offensively, Kansas isn't as proficient as they have been in the past. From a tempo standpoint, they do they do move quickly, which I, I'm always in favor of. But they do have the coach advantage uh, in terms of Bill Self over uh, Danny Hurley. I, I, I will say that. The question it comes down to for Kansas is, realistically, where do we see this team? Because... Bill Self technically is supposed to be cleared to coach for the NCAA tournament. Now, for those of you who don't know, Bill Self uh, uh, took a medical leave of absence because he uh, was not healthy uh, going into uh, the bulk of the year. Now, Kansas still won the Big 12 regular season um, uh, title, and you know, they made it to the uh, uh, championship game in the, the Big 12 before getting beat by Texas. And guess what? <laughs> you, you, uh, you have the scenario of Kansas being in a draw where, yeah, this is a, uh, you know, they, they, they still get the one seed. Texas gets bounced into the Midwest, so they don't actually have to deal with them in this region. So it was actually more of a blessing than uh, a curse, except for the fact that because of uh, Texas getting bumped up, uh, it also, in a sense, locked Kansas into a matchup down the line against either UCLA or Gonzaga based off of where they're going to get ranked. Now, in terms of the region itself, I think uh, Kansas profiles extremely well, but I will say this from a statistical measure, 
UConn is a bad matchup for uh, Kansas. UConn with Sonogo and their size on the interior kind of negates what Kansas usually likes to do with being able to uh, 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 rebound and get second-chance points. I definitely look at the uh, situation where, you know, uh, Agbajai and uh, Sonogo battling, this could be a very interesting uh, scenario because, again, provided that UConn handles their business, takes care of Iona, when you start looking at some of these uh, Sweet 16 matchups, the most precarious position I could see for teams is Purdue and Kansas. They, like they, they have the the matchups that you when you look at it on paper, they gotta stand out to you saying, "Oh wait a second, these are the one seeds that I really am taking a hard look at and questioning whether or not I want to pull the trigger because." Those upset odds are far, far uh, higher than uh, anywhere else. And again, I don't necessarily think that uh, UConn beating Kansas is an upset. Realistically, UConn just couldn't get the big win to get themselves up into a higher seating to be where Marquette is as a two seed. Because UConn has all the tools of being a a two seed, but... They just didn't have enough signature wins in, in the quad one section. But UConn has everything you want in terms of a team that can knock off a number one seed. And Kansas has <laughs> has to deal with that reality. Uh, the biggest thing uh, out of this region comes down to, again, we know the bugaboo with Danny Hurley has been coaching and getting his team ready for the opening rounds because UConn has not won a uh, first round game in the NCAA tournament since I believe 2017. And the biggest issue for UConn by and large tends to be foul trouble. Now, again, does Iona pose a threat as a 13 seed to knock off UConn? Yes. If only because of Rick Patino coaching. And if you want a coach for a one-game scenario that can get his guys ready to play and execute a game plan, Rick Pitino's your guy. Now, I'm going to go with the thought process that UConn will be ready to go and ready to execute. But when I saw that draw and realized that the NCAA, for TV purposes... Knowing that Rick Pitino is likely coaching uh, for St. John's immediately after this NCAA tournament wraps up for the Gales, they intentionally schedule this so that they already start off the Big East rivalry talk uh, between Pitino and Hurley. I look at this and I'm just not going to buy into the narrative. I'm just going to look at where... I gotta know where these teams are. I mean, Iota, great story, but there's no way that they should be able to beat this Connecticut team when they're on their game. It, it, re- realistically, this would be a panic situation, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna avoid the c word when it comes to UConn. I think 
UConn takes care of business. I don't think uh, they slip on a banana peel. So uh, I, I think they handle Iona. And then the next round between St. Mary's and VCU, I know a lot of people are high on St. Mary's. I've watched St. Mary's throughout the year. I, I just, I'm not impressed by St. Mary's. And truth be told, if Gonzaga didn't have such an easy draw uh, to start off with, I'd be more down on Gonzaga. I'm not impressed by the West Coast Conference this year, uh, truth be told. But I do think St. Mary's uh, figures it out and, and takes care of business against VCU. But I think for UConn, Iona's a tougher matchup for them than St. Mary's. I think once they get out of that first round of the jitters, having to play St. Mary's, I, I think UConn settles in and just handles them. I'm not necessarily concerned uh, from a St. Mary's standpoint of them knocking off UConn and then knocking off Kansas. I, I don't see that happening at all. I, I do think that there's enough holes in what St. Mary's likes to attack from an offensive standpoint that they're just not going to be able to get into their set offense and try to get on the inside and get get some dribble penetrate. I don't I don't see it. Uh, I could be wrong, but like the way St. Mary's wants to play, I don't think they're going to be able to get the easy baskets that they're accustomed to. And I think uh, Gonzaga's going to run into the exact same situation where the easy baskets, uh, baskets they've been able to get to in the West Coast Conference games, I don't think they're going to be there. So I'm more down on Gonzaga and St. Mary's than most people. It's just that with Gonzaga's draw, Grand Canyon, you know, Happy to be there type story. I don't see Gonzaga losing there. And TCU, I'm more down on. Now, Arizona State is an interesting wild card as the 11 seed. If they can knock off TCU, and then you get a Gonzaga-Arizona State matchup. Arizona State has the backcourt where they could actually have a good shooting uh, night and be able to knock off a Gonzaga. Or Gonzaga, as they like to say. But the... The crux of the matter is, at the end of the day, between uh, you know what we say about the draw, the the elephant in the room is UCLA. UCLA is the top team that I don't think enough people are talking about because UCLA is still the highest ranked team in this region, and they're a two seed. In, in the top half of the draw, it's UConn as a four, and they're a four seed. UCLA is a two seed uh, in the West, and they're the second-ranked team in the country right behind Houston, according to Ken Palm rankings. So, again, I have, for the folks that are picking Kansas to make it to the Final Four, it's not that I hate Kansas. It's just that watching all three of these teams play throughout the year, I can see Kansas losing... a. Uh, six out of ten to UConn and eight out of ten to UCLA. I I <clears throat> I do think it's it's it is that decisive because of what UCLA can do defensively. <clears throat> now, is there a concern because of the fact that uh, the in the injuries that they are running into down the line? Now, Jalen Clark. Uh, suffered an Achilles injury in the Pac-12 tournament, and, you know, he's going to be out for the rest of the season. The issue, the thing of it is, is that 
they have multiple uh, experienced ball handlers on that squad. It's a senior group. They play the grimy defense that uh, Mick Cronin is known for. Now, am I a fan of Mick Cronin? No. I think, you know, truth be told, the guy has a massive Napoleon complex. But he can coach. And he can, clo- and he can coach defense. The bottom line is that uh, they shoot fewer three-pointers than pretty much any team in the country. But they crash the boards. They force turnovers. And again, from an offensive standpoint, efficiency-wise, they're a top 25 team. Defensively, they force a lot of turnovers. This is a Mick Cronin team, and he this is the most one of the most talented teams Mick Cronin has ever had. I look at this as a pretty much an Elite Eight-type squad. I think they handle Gonzaga. I, I don't... I don't really see if Gonzaga beats uh, UCLA, then you may as well pick them to make it to the Final Four. That's the way I look at it. If you want to, uh, if you want to uh, handle your brackets that way, uh, if Gonzaga knocks off uh, UCLA, they're going to the Final Four. In my opinion, UCLA takes this region pretty much <clears throat> as it stands. If we we if we ran this simulation like a hundred times. I think UCLA wins this uh, West region 80, 80% of the time. I, like, I, I feel that confident on the UCLA side of the draw that as good as Kansas can, pl- uh, Kansas can play, and even Gonzaga on their be- I think UCLA is better. Again, the injury could be a potential concern, but from a region standpoint, I just look at this as a case where I'm heavily slanted towards UCLA. If if I go down with a team, I'd rather be at UCLA in terms of how I set up uh, my brackets uh, brackets this year. If I get beat by UCLA, I get beat. But I do think that in terms of matchups being favorable and what they're afraid of losing to, like realistically, you need a team that can play fast, shoot a lot of threes, and hit a lot of threes to get them out of their defense. Basically, UCLA's not facing that until Alabama. And they're on complete distant sides of uh, of uh, the brackets. I-, I don't see a team that can shoot at that volume and play good defense uh, to force UCLA out of their comfort zone. I, I, think-, I think you're basically... It's going to have to come down to either Alabama or Houston to knock off UCLA. And the only other squad that I would say besides uh, Houston or Houston or, or UCLA, I mean Houston or Alabama, would be Arizona. Because we've seen Arizona match up well enough against this UCLA team to beat them. Arizona has that in them. But I have a tougher time believing in a Marquette taking out a UCLA. I, I think it, it's very matchup dependent uh, for some of these squads to, for it not to be UCLA in the final four. And again, once you're in the final four, unless I see Alabama or Houston in, in that bracket, I have a tougher time. I have a tougher time, or Arizona. I'll give Arizona a bit of a doubt there. I have a tougher time uh, 
rationalizing how UCLA uh, doesn't win that Final Four. I, I think it's a it's a very distinct matchup style that you need to beat a UCLA, and I don't think a ton of these teams um, ha- have what it takes. So that's where I look at from the West. We're going to take a quick break, and I'm going to give some insight as to a couple of plays in the opening rounds that you can kind of target from a betting perspective. So stay tuned. Don't go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast will be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready. All right, we are back. A couple of picks uh, to kind of talk about. One, mainly this Miami-Drake game. Uh, Being perfectly honest, this line being as tight as it is, I think you kind of take Drake outright. The... The issue is uh, the fact that this line still at the two and a half. I think you can just take Drake outright to beat Miami. The ACC was weak this year. It's not as though we should be surprised when any of these ACC schools get bounced. There is uh, there is some concern in terms of how how they match up, and if I would say. This is one of those teaser situations where you could even tease both the uh, Drake game with the uh, Virginia versus Furman game. Uh, Virginia's favored by five and a half. I do think Virginia beats Furman, but it's a tight. It's like uh, that line, I think they probably beat Furman by uh, six or seven points. But if you put a tease that with... Uh, uh, the Drake game to the point where you're getting at least uh, you're getting the four and a half. Now you're talking ten points with Furman, and then you be uh, Drake at uh, plus seven. I I think you can naturally uh, throw those two into a teaser, uh, Drake and Furman into a teaser versus uh, Virginia, uh, Virginia and um, Miami, and I and I kind of like attacking it from that standpoint, from a teaser standpoint. Uh, in terms of some of these other matchups, Utah State, you know, we're going to get a, a number of points in this matchup. Now, the question is, do I want to take Utah State outright? I do kind of like Utah State, but I, I'll take the over on the game as well. Uh, from a scoring standpoint, Neither one of these teams is going to be that proficient at slowing the other the other side down. I do think you're going to be able to get uh, value out of uh, uh, out of maximizing uh, maximizing what uh, uh, these te- teams can can offer. Because uh, from my outlook, there is uh, there is some value in terms of attacking uh, attacking uh, the offensive. Uh, uh, the offensive proficient teams that are not as inclined to play defense. And then in terms of uh, San Diego State and Charleston, a lot of people are picking this Charleston upset. I don't see it. 
I like San Diego State, and I like them at the five and a half. I think they handle Charleston. Um, you know, if your brackets involve seed and upset points, you can try to go for the Charleston play. I don't see it. I, I think San Diego State's better um, on both sides of the ball, and you know, I think they just grind. I think they just grind down Charleston. Truth be told, um, and just to, and keep it keep it physical. So. To me, I think that's where I'm leaning. Now, everyone's uh, everyone's uh, wondering about this Duke Oral Roberts game. Uh, people were talking up Oral Roberts as a threat to Duke. I think Duke wins. Now, do I think Duke covers the six and a half? Here's the thing: this Duke team plays slow, so it wouldn't shock me if this game's tight. And then people were wondering. How good is this Duke team? Because that should have been a question that should should, should be asked uh, a lot over the weekend, and I did not hear that asked nearly enough. I do think Duke wins, but the 6.5 is what has me a little bit questioning it. Um, it's not enough for me to bet Oral Roberts, but I'm not exactly going to be surprised if uh, Oral Roberts cl- covers it at plus 6.5. Uh, I'd be more than tempted to throw that into a teaser with some of these other uh, underdog picks. And, and see how it works out. But, uh, yeah, that's where I'm kind of leaning, folks. So uh, we're going to get on out of here. But, uh, yeah, in terms of uh, some of the outrights, obviously you have Houston. I love UCLA as an outright as well. Um, I, I just think that, you know, in terms of the squads that can win it all, there's way too much uh, lack of resistance to UCLA, in my opinion, at ten to one, I I think it, and some places you can get it twelve to one. I, I'm more inclined to take UCLA as an outright. Houston's always is always good value, and Alabama makes a ton of sense. I'm not on the the train of thought where the folks are calling for Purdue. You know, Purdue is still at the same odds as UCLA, and Purdue has way more threats to them than UCLA does. I I don't believe in. Uh, uh, the Purdue outright, I don't believe in the Kansas outright, uh, because of what I said about UConn and UCLA, I, I just think it's uh, too risky of a pick, um, but the UConn to win it all, now, again, could they get knocked out by Iona? Yes, they could easily get knocked out by Iona. It wouldn't shock me, but if you're getting twenty to one on UConn, I think it's more than worthwhile to take that shot. That's just me personally. So that's all I got, folks. Best of luck to you in all your brackets. Hopefully, this was of uh, some benefit to you. I'm, I'm calling it a day for now, but definitely talk more tor- uh, tournament talk throughout the uh, bracket season. So farewell for now. Good luck. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all major outlets.